This program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Bad Priest, Episode 14, Video Evidence. Albuquerque Police Officer Frank Radar waited until Clint Sachs was entirely out of his house before grabbing the man by the back of his neck. At the same time, he slid the thick sole of his size 13 boot between the door frame to keep the door from closing. Ah, what the hell? The man yelped, and Frank dragged him back inside. Hey, Clint, how's your day going? He thrust the man towards a glass table. You can't, you can't come in here. Clint rubbed his neck and throat. The fuck I can't. Frank looked about the room, whistling when he saw the empty bottle scattered all over the place. Besides, I'm already inside. Clint shifted to his right, clearly intending to block Frank's view of something. Frank waved his hand, indicating for him to move. What do you... what do you want? Frank raised both eyebrows, then indicated a second time for Clint to get the hell out of the way. When the skinny prick still didn't move, Frank gave him a hard shove. The much smaller man fell to the ground. Shit, you can't do this. Cops can't do this. Frank ignored Clint. His focus was on the table. More specifically, the small mirror covered with the white powder coating on said table that Clint was trying to block his view of. He ran the pad of his thumb across the mirror, then brought it to his face. He smelled the powder before rubbing his gums with it. That's some good shit, Clint, my boy. I don't know where it came from. Frank looked around dramatically. This is your house, ain't it? My dad's. All right, fuckstick. No more games. This can go down one of two ways. But you can't, you can't like- Shut the fuck up. Clint's mouth snapped closed so hard that Frank thought he heard the man's teeth clack together. Good. First rule, you listen to what I have to say. Second rule, shut the fuck up. Got it? I- Frank slapped the man across the face. This time, Clint didn't just stumble, but he was thrown against the nearest wall so hard that his shoulder dented the drywall. When Clint opened his mouth again, Frank warmed him with a finger. Good. Quick learner. I like that. Frank started to whistle as he pulled his cell phone out and scrolled through his photographs. Know this man? He showed Clint, who was now holding his cheek, the image of the priest from the alley. The man started to shake his head when Frank held up another cautionary finger. Before you answer, bitch boy, I want you to think about this good. Did I just come randomly into your house asking about this priest? Is this just a 100% random coincidence? Think, stupid. Think. What's this? Frank raised an eyebrow and turned his head. Behind the bottles of booze, his eyes fell on one of the largest beds he'd ever seen, and inside the bed lay a woman. 
This time when he raised a finger, it wasn't in warning, but he brought it to his lips in the universal sign for quiet. He slowly walked over to the bed and lifted the sheet. A sly grin formed on his face when he saw the plump, round, bare ass. You gonna tell me the priest's name? I don't know him, I swear it. Okay. Frank placed one foot on the bed and then another. When he was fully standing over her, he slowly unzipped his pants. What are you, what are you doing? Frank started to whistle again as he whipped his cock out. And then he relieved himself on the passed out girl. No, please, you're crazy. Tell me who the priest is and I'll stop. Frank moved his stream from the girl's back and ass to her head. No, stop. Cole, he said his name was Cole. Frank looked over his shoulder. I'm done anyway. He shook, then put his dick back in his pants. Cole what? Frank got off the bed and approached Clint once more. That's all I know. I swear, you can't do this. He might have believed Clint, but then the kid's eyes darted to the table again. Only Frank thought Clint was looking at an old digital camera and not the remnants of a good night. What's this? He picked up the camera and turned it on. That's private property. You can't... Once more... A single raised digit was all it took to silence Clint. And the most recent activity on the camera was all Frank needed to see to know the man was lying. It started innocently enough. The priest from the alley grinning, drinking Johnny Red, and doing some lines of coke. But then things got weird. Weird even for Albuquerque. Frank turned off the video. Only know his name, huh? Clint, I warned you. The radio on Frank's shoulder squawked. Once again, his finger went up, indicating for Clint to shut the fuck up. Officer Radar, we could use some assistance. Something weird going on at Denise's. Over. Denise's? I fucking love Denise's. What's going on? Over. Uh, priest beat up a stripper, I think. Not really sure. Over. Now this was interesting. What were the chances that the priest who had gotten a rim job from Clint Sachs after doing a lot of blow was the same one who played patty cake with a stripper at Denise's? The smile on Frank's face grew. I'll be there in 10. Over. Frank let go of his radio and put Clint's camera in his pocket. You can't take that. I need that. It's the... Frank raised the backhand, but he didn't need to swing it. Clint was so frightened that he fell back into the wall on his own accord, making the dent even larger. Huh, idiot. Frank took one last look at the girl's ass on the bed to be stored away in his spank bank before he left for one of his old stomping grounds, Denise's. Frank nodded to the bouncer at the door. He didn't recognize him, a huge black man with a shaved head and chin-strap goatee, but Frank felt that he'd been there often enough that the man probably knew who he was. Unlike the bouncer, the next person Frank saw was someone he was very familiar with, Sergeant Peter Mando. Welcome, Officer Radar. Pete, what we got here? As Pete explained the situation, Frank looked around the club. The lights were on, which was unusual for this time of day. 
In fact, it was unusual for any time of day at Denise's. Everyone knew the place stayed open long after the law told them to close. They just didn't give a shit because half the time the patrons were the law. He spotted Davy Scump next. The muscle-bound man was sitting down, rubbing his throat, oddly reminding Frank of a much larger Clint Sachs. What happened? That's a thing. Davy said that there was a priest who went into the back room and, I don't know, did something to one of the girls. Did something? As he said this, Frank used the first two fingers of his right hand to enter the hole he made with his left. Nah, not like that. You should talk to Marcus. He's got some interesting things to say. Frank nodded. Where's the girl now? Taken to Albuquerque General. Now both eyebrows rose up on Frank's forehead. Talk to Marcus. He was here first. Frank spotted the cop near the back of the room. He was much younger than both himself and Sergeant Mando, in his 20s and as green as they came. And if there was one thing that Frank hated more than hoity-toity cops, and almost as much as priests, it was young green cops. They were always the boss's fuckboy, always getting special privileges like being invited on a SWAT team bust. Marcus. The man looked at him, his eyes hardening. Marcus had a square jaw, dark eyes, and darker hair brushed to one side. He wasn't as big or muscular as Davy Scump, but he was a fair bit larger than Frank himself. They were probably close in weight, but over the years Frank had gotten a little soft, whereas Marcus was all muscle. There was a time when Frank spent his off hours working out, thinking that this would help his career. But that was before he learned the key rule to fighting. The one rule that would guarantee a win no matter how big the other guy was. Just be willing to do what they weren't. Or be a cop and have a gun. In Officer Frank Radar's case, that or became an and. And that made him unstoppable. Officer Radar? Marcus might not like Frank, but he respected him. Or if he didn't respect him, he knew that Frank could make his life miserable if he so chose. There's not much of a difference between fear and respect. About a week ago, there was a priest in here. A man with short hair, biggish beard. Anyway, he took me by surprise during the raid and slipped out the back. I think it's the same guy. Frank frowned. Name? Don't know, but here's the thing. That girl, he did something to that girl. That's what fucking Mando said. Did what? A variety of images flashed in Frank's mind some of which were from Clint's camera, others from the video footage in the alley. Don't know. Her wrist was a little bit wonky, but I don't think it's broken, just sprained. That's it? No, she, uh... She... Frank was getting tired of this. Just come out and say it. I don't have time for this shit. Marcus, who rumor had it, had spent time in the Marines before switching to law enforcement, straightened. Sometimes, even if you don't have authority over people... You could pretend you do, and they'd react in kind. Right. I think he drugged her. She had a pulse, but it was weak. Paramedics gave her a shot of Narcan, but she still wouldn't wake up. They said her vitals were stable, though. They couldn't tell me what was wrong with her. Frank didn't think it was drugs, but he kept this to himself. Hey, you ever seen a priest in a place like this before? Like a strip club? Hehehehe. <laughs> You stay in this job long enough, kid, you see all sorts of things. Frank left Marcus and looked around again. His eyes kept being drawn to Davy, who looked frail and skittish. Strange for a man of his size. 
The priest ate that man's heart in the alley and did something to the girl. Maybe he did something to Davy too. And a man like Davy wouldn't take that lightly. He'd want revenge, and not the I hope he spends a few nights in prison kind of revenge. We're talking shit-kicking vengeance. And what better man to provide that than Officer Frank Radar? The two of them, Frank and Davy, didn't exchange words. They didn't have to. They sealed the deal with a handshake, and a look negotiated the terms. Satisfied, Frank walked back to Sergeant Mando. I'll reach out to my contacts, see if we can shake this priest out of whatever tree he's hiding in. And that was the real reason why he was brought in. Not because it had anything to do with his hatred for priests, but because Mando, as much as he pretended not to know that Frank was a regular at this and most all other strip clubs in the area, knew that he was familiar with both the joint and the clientele. As fast as possible, keep this under wraps. Got it. With that, Frank left Denise's and made his way back to his car. Once inside, he made sure that no other cops were around. Then he opened his palm, revealing the items that Davy had slipped him. The first was a piece of paper. Father Cole Bannon. Beneath that was an address in New York City of all places. Frank was grinning as he committed the information to memory and then balled up the paper before tossing it out the window. He was absolutely beaming when he saw the second item that had passed from Davy's hand to his. A baggie of cocaine. Looks like we're going on a little road trip, baby. A hunting mission. And there's only one alpha that's going to come out of the woods alive. I'm coming for you, Father Cole Bannon. And when I find you, you're going to be a very, very sorry man. Yeah, you're going to be sorry you ever fucked with Officer Frank Radar. This has been Bad Priest, Episode 14, a PTL Books and Pathological Inc. production. Written, produced, mixed, and narrated by Patrick Logan. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. You can also visit us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash badpriestpodcast.